The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> it's probably like getting great 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club Podcast. My name is Derek Peterson, sitting across from me as he was last week. I brought him back this week, Greg Smith. It's just more comfortable. Like, not more than, like, other people, say other people on our staff. I don't want to start off on a bad foot, but, like, <laughs> we just have a good banter going back and forth. I, I appreciate would, you being here, so thank you for coming back. I do agree with you. We have a good banter, and no problem. Thank you for having me. You were my second choice, though. Uh, Chris Schmidt, I wanted to have him on the podcast, but he is venturing to Arizona as we speak. Yes. Um I think it would be fun to have Chris on the other end of it because as we were talking about before, not to like put Chris on blast or anything, like <laughs> when he asks questions, they're very long-winded questions. <laughs> so I've always wondered like what would Chris be like on the other end of it where instead of getting asked the questions, he just like or instead of him being the one that asked the questions, it's just like, "Hey Chris, what are your thoughts on things for a change?" and just let him talk for like 25 minutes. Please do that soon. I think that would be really interesting. Actually. That's kind of what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Radio, podcast, like crossover event, like the most ambitious crossover in the history of Crossovers. Nebraska related podcasts. I like it. I think it'd be fun. Um, I will listen. <laughs> hopefully next week. We'll okay. see. A little bit of forecasting. We're recording this on a Thursday and anybody that follows the NBA knows that Thursday, February 6th is deadline day around the league. It's trade deadline day. We get a wonderful question for the mailbag um, earlier this week, actually, from, I'm going to call him a friend of Hale Varsity. He's never been on the podcast, but um, I'm always appreciative of his contributions to and, and support of Hale Varsity at Simba Sims on Twitter this week. Asked us if you could trade a Nebraska quarterback for anybody else in college football, who would you trade for? And I thought it was a great question. It was timely. It was themed. I thought it was cool. So we might as well just make a whole podcast on the topic. And so I wanted to bring you on, Greg, so that we could basically act as if there were trades in college football. Like yeah. teams were allowed to trade things in college football and players for other players. And, and you can't really trade draft picks. So a couple of my trades include Nebraska, like, agreeing to go to somebody else's, like, stadium for a for a road non-conference that game without having to, like, have them come to Memorial Stadium. Like, it's just like a one-time thing. Like, hey, we'll bring the greatest fans in the country to you. Yep. Traveling fans, I should say, in the country to you. We'll give you a nice boost in revenue, and, and we'll take a player from you. Um, Smart. So we each have three trades that uh, we're going to get to. The first thing that I, I want to talk about first, though, the first thing that I want to talk about first um, is kind of just, like, I guess big picture, like there are, trade deadline day in the NBA is insane. Um, there are trades that happened all day long. Mm-hmm. There are trades that happen all throughout the season, and there are trades that, like, like huge trades, like teams go through fifty or whatever games it is, and then they decide like we're going to make wholesale changes to our roster. You don't see it in the NFL. Like you don't see teams trading in season 
regularly. You don't see teams making huge deals at the deadline. You don't see a bunch of teams making a bunch of deals at the deadline. You'll see, like, one or two big ones at the NFL trade deadline. But you don't ever see, like... It just doesn't seem like you ever see it to the frequency that the NBA is having trades. And I've always wondered, like, why that is. Like, do you think it has anything to do with roster size with the NBA just being like 15 dudes and one guy can swing a series or do you think it has something to do with like scheme or like the ability of a player to come into a like a new football team learn a new scheme or strategy yeah. and like pick it up in season like have you ever thought about this I have I've thought about the fact that it has always been odd to me that the NFL did not have more trading. And in recent years, they've had more. Like, it's because it's been like almost shocking because there's been some activity, right? Um, so it's picked up a little bit. Um, but I've never thought about why until you just said that. But I wonder if it does have something to do with the scheme aspect of it because, in theory, not in theory, it is harder to pick up an, a new NFL scheme than it is NBA because it's just easier to tweak things in the NBA, whether, whereas you can't in the NFL necessarily um, on the fly. But there's just a little bit more carryover in the NBA from, like, like a lot of people are doing a lot of the same yeah, things. In the too. NFL, there's so, much, um, there's so much nuance with what people do. I, I, I mean, you see it when, like, with Scott Frost hiring a new offensive coordinator. Like, he picked a dude that already knew his system so that he right. could come in and not have to have that adjustment. I've always wondered about that. I would be curious to ask someone if they thought, like, what their thoughts were, too. Because it also, but I do think there's something to, like, in basketball, landing that one player, especially if it's a really big trade, the first one that came to mind is like the Anthony Davis trade. When you, and that's, that wasn't insane. Oh, shocker. Anthony yeah, Davis shocking that that was the first, that that was the first one. Yeah, but, but the point remains when you get a guy like that, like, it, it can it has an instant impact, and I don't know that people were that concerned about them having to mesh or melt him into what they were doing, even though so much of that was new. So it may not have been the best example, but you don't have that same thought in the NBA when you have those big deals. Like you don't have that's not a hesitation at all. Like in all of the things that you saw today, um, talking about NBA trade deadline, I'm guessing it never came up once that hey, we've got to integrate this guy into our system or that this guy has to be integrated into a team system to make this work. Even in like weird situations like say Cleveland. I mean you I talk about from. players fitting with other players, but you don't talk about players having to learn like you don't like nobody's gonna be talking about like Andre Drummond having to learn John Beeline's like offensive Right, that's never going to come up. But it it does in football. How does Andre Drummond fit next to Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love, who are making like a combined eighty million dollars this season? So much front court. God, I don't understand. Like, not to completely derail, but like, I don't understand any of the moves that got made. Like, I really don't. There's a lot of any of them. The Iggy one is the only one that makes sense to me to Miami. That makes sense. Um, Who was the other guy that Miami added? Didn't they add someone else? As well, I we don't they, need to talk about the NBA. Yeah, it's fine. We don't. But it, I feel like we can about I just say one time, like the Andrew Wiggins thing is stupid. Light years. All right, now we I've gotten that out of my system. Okay, whatever. Well, we <laughs> we were kind of cruising towards a really nice seamless transition, and you talking about how like one NBA player could come in and, and be like a real difference maker for a team and rejuvenate things like that. Like we have three trades. I, I all three of mine are major difference makers that would be. Um, huge boosts to Nebraska in the short term. I'm talking about like what could we do to help Nebraska football in 2020? 
and some of them might be maybe like compromising like a 2021 or 2022 season but like eh. oh I'll, we'll get to my reasons in a second um and, and the other thing that kind of when I that kicked off this idea for me was um Nebraska addressing needs with its 2020 recruiting class mm-hmm. Scott Frost was on Sports Nightly earlier this week and said that Nebraska had two needs the wide receiver and um playmakers on the the edge of its defense yeah it addressed one in a major way, Omar Manning and Xavier Betts coming as wide receivers. And and the other one is, I would think, kind of a wait and see because you don't have a clear-cut home run guy. Like, I really love Blaze Gunnarsson, but there are a couple people who, well, I'm like the only one that loves Blaze Gunnarsson as much as I do. <laughs> you Which are tri- You're trapping the train for Blaze Gunnarsson. But they didn't sign like a Nolan Smith or anything like that like no. <laughs> at, at outside linebackers. So we have three trades. Um that would help Nebraska football. And let's just get to it. What's your first one? Oh, I'm going first. You're going first. Uh, all right. I'm going to I'm gonna rip the Band-Aid off here. And it's funny because you are you started off with like, yeah, they need to help the team. And it's making me second guess my very first choice, even though this would help the team. Um, I'm going to propose to Baylor that we, we Nebraska trades Will Honus and Barrett Pickering for John Mayers, their kicker. Their kicker last year as a true freshman went 16 of 19 on his field goals, the long of 51. He was 53 of 53 on extra points. Man, I don't even have a kicker on here. I didn't even think about kicker. It was honestly the first thing I thought about. Really? Yes. I mean, that's not a bad yes. thing. Like, they need a kicker. Okay, so, like, here's like, the, I need them. You, it's that, and it's not even just that they, they need a kicker. They need a, a reliable kicker. Because let me just say, I think they have kickers on the roster, and they've got plenty of options right now. And we'll see what happens with that battle. I think eventually, whoever wins it, they'll be pretty good there. As long as you don't have weirdo injuries again. But I would like to go into the season knowing that I've got something solid there. John Mayers will be that guy. Nebraska football. You started John Mayer, and I was like, "What are you talking like the R and B singer, like the soul bluesies, <laughs> whatever his genre guitar, is?" Like, yeah. Waiting on the world to change. I, slow I, dancing I am waiting in a on the room. kicking world. To the change. only two John Mayer songs that I know. <laughs> I see that, the yeah. only two that I know. Um, I'm ter- I'm a terrible podcast host because I should have given ground rules first. I'm I'm the team that you're trying to trade Nebraska's players to, oh. and I'm the one that you're trying to get. Pe- so when I give you my trade, like I'm gonna try to pitch you that you should accept my trade because it's good for you. So like, why why do I want Barrett Pickering, and why are you throwing in an inside linebacker? I What's throw, the reasoning? Be- here? Because okay, you just lost Matt Rule, who's a very good coach, right? Good defensive-minded coach. Yeah. You've lost some defensive players uh, to the NFL draft and graduation. Yep. You're going to need a steadying presence in the middle of your defense. Will Honus was very highly recruited. He was wanted by Iowa, Wisconsin. Nebraska got him. He has not lived up quite up to that hype, but he came along at the end of last season after he got healthy. Barrett Pickering, when he was healthy two years ago, was a solid kicker. So I'm letting you replace your really good kicker with a guy that could be solid for you. He could also just need a change of scenery if his head coach doesn't like him right now. And then you'll get a guy like Will Honus who could steady the inside of your defense. Okay, so do you think the ship has sailed on Bear Pickering? They have Chase Contreras. They have Matt Waldock back from last year. They still have Pickering on the roster. They added the new walk-on kid to the 2020 class. I'm blanking on his name. They lost Dylan just Jordanson. Lost his name, yeah. Who entered the transfer portal. But, like, so okay, not, not to pick on – I, I don't mean this. Uh, first of all, when we say we want to trade these players, like we don't 
hate these players. So if any no, if any of the players because I've got any of the players that we name are listening to this, first of all, why are you listening to this podcast? Don't listen to this podcast. And second of all, like we don't not well, keep like listening. You. Tell your friends. We, no, we don't not like you. It's just like a game and it's fun and, and the NBA trades people and whatever. But like the Dylan Jurgensen news that he was entering the transfer portal, I was like, is that really news? Like only because he started. He didn't start. He kicked like one field goal. He kicked off once, didn't he? Once he kicked off once. God, when you say that out loud, it is. He kicked off once, didn't he? That's news. (laughs) Kind of ridiculous. But that okay. So, but that goes to show how insane their kicking situation was. Yeah, it really does. Like uh, the more you think about it, and I do think about it often, it was really insane what happened to them at kicker last year in. I don't know that we'll like. I don't think it's a stretch to say we may never see that at Nebraska again because we've never really we never crazy. saw that before. Like it's just a crazy situation. I can't believe actually unfolded. Yeah. Okay. So my initial question that I kind of derailed us off into a, a tangent. Uh, yeah. Do you think the ship has sailed on Barrett here at Nebraska? Do you really think he needs a change of scenery? Yes. Okay. I do. I mean, like I would be. I would be surprised. I would be surprised if he's back in the fold next year. That's understandable. It was a hard. It was probably a hard season to go through. So we'll yeah. See. Um, they got options. They need somebody to be reliable. So you, <laughs> your first one is a kicker, and my first one is like trading the farm for a big guy, a big name. Okay, go All for right, it. So, Wait, so, did you? Say, are you supposed to tell me whether or not you'd accept that trade for Baylor? No, I mean, we we'll just leave it out there. I don't think any of the teams that I'm pitching trades to would accept the. trade. I mean, there's a couple. There, yeah, my other two, I definitely know that they would say no, even though I'm trying to. I am trying my very best to give like equal value here because okay. one of the things that I hate playing fantasy sports is people that try to trade you like let's say NFL like somebody tries to offer me like a wide receiver and a kicker for Aaron Rodgers I'm like no it's not an equal value trade and the person is like well, we had 38 fantasy points last week I'm like I don't care about <laughs> one week like that happens you, all the time do you get those that players is, too yeah the fantasy that's all players it, yeah. that are like that don't know how to do trades. There's that guy is in every league and probably multiple. In I have multiple, cases. and I'm yeah, not afraid to call him out in our fantasy basketball league. John DP, you are terrible well, at trades. Um, so I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be like okay. equal value, but I also what's the, at the, same what's time, the first? I don't, one? I don't think equal value here. Um, so this is my number one, the big one. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska gives up Luke McCaffrey at quarterback, JD Spielman at wide receiver, Will Honus at inside linebacker, and like I said, a future. Um, trip to Oregon for a non-conference game for edge rusher Kayvon Thibodeau. <laughs> okay. Scott Frost said last year that they needed that Chase Young guy. And at the time, I was like, no, that's not what's going to fix your defense. But at the same time, they – or actually, I said that's not what's going – that's not what's losing you games. But what, what could fix their defense and start winning them a ton of games is having that kind of player. And Kayvon Thibodeau is like the next dude, I feel like. He is like one of those guys, yeah. Uh, let's just run through the accolades that was on the Oregon website. Set the program freshman record with a team high, nine sacks. Also led the way with 14 tackles for loss. He led the country with seven sacks in the fourth quarter, which is... That's really good. The money that's a, quarter? Yeah, that's a sneaky, great news. stat. <laughs> uh, he ranked second among FBS freshmen in sacks and third in tackles for loss. He had the most sacks by a Pac-12 freshman since Nick Perry of USC in 2009, so that was over a decade ago. Set a Pac-12 championship game record with two and a half sacks and the win over Utah. Chase Young had how many sacks in the Big Ten championship? Oh, come on, man. Uh, totaled 24 tackles, 10 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks over his final six games. Pretty good. And he was a Pac-12 defensive freshman of the year. So that's the kind of dude 
Because and, and and all three of these trades that I have are made with an eye towards maximizing what you're getting out of Adrian Martinez. Because I feel like the clock started a year ago, last off season, mm-hmm. when they're like, we got to win with this dude, and they didn't win last year, in the 2019 season. They're like oh, any anywhere close to the rate they needed to because, it, like we've we've said before, he's already a junior. Man. Like time is flying by, flying and. By. In a year or two, you're not going to have this dude anymore. And if you look up and suddenly you're like, okay, we are three years out of Adrian Martinez and he's gone to the NFL because he's had a really good junior season or whatever. And we won, what, 16, 17 games in those three years? Like, you're going to feel pretty disappointed about it. So you want to try – I feel like they're going to want to try to maximize – what they're going to be able to do this year and next year with Adrian Martinez as the quarterback before they turn the keys to the, the, the car over to somebody else. So Kayvon Thibodeau is young enough to where he's going to grow into that kind of role, so he's still going to grow into that kind of player, but he's also already a really good player, and he would instantly be a starter and that kind of huge guy. Now, I'm giving you Luke McCaffrey because you need a quarterback after Justin Herbert is gone. I do, yeah. And Luke McCaffrey, I feel like, would have the best trade value of any of Nebraska's four scholarship quarterbacks. Even over Adrian, I think, at this point. Just because you have that that youth element to him. And like I wrote in my Scoring the Quarterbacks um, piece, his big playability when he was on the field. Like, he was averaging a big play like every one, once every two or three plays or something like that. It was ridiculous. Um, I'm also giving you J.D. Spielman, who was a star. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving you an inside linebacker in Will Honus because you need inside linebackers. And uh, I'm bringing one of the, the best traveling fan bases in the country to you for a non-conference game so that you can get all the revenue. My counterpoint as Oregon, only because I oddly follow Oregon um, somewhat closely, is I don't need an inside linebacker because I signed two five-star inside linebackers. But you got Will Honus. Are those guys ready to play right now? Ah, they might be. Those guys are right now. <laughs> they might be. But I would like the the sure thing in Will Honus. Um, and I would like to get my hands on J.D. Spielman uh, for the offense. That's a lot. Like, that's... It's a lot to give up. But at the same time, like, you have... It, but specifically a wide receiver, you have Omar Manning and Wondell Robinson, who Wondell has proven at this point. Yeah. A little bit of positional overlap with what JD does, maybe. Okay. Um, if Omar Manning is like what Scott Frost this week said he looks already, like that's a big deal. And you've got Xavier Betts. And you've got your um, sneaky favorite person in this class, Alante Brown. Love that kid. And then you you could have Marcus Fleming coming along. Someone of the Jamie Nance, Darian Chase, Peanut Houston group is going to step up. I am convinced of it. I just don't know which guy. So yeah, I can. I can see. I don't that. think Oregon's taking that deal, but like that's no. That, I don't think any of our. Be, I, I feel like offer. none of the rest of our deals are going with, have been accepted. No, but it's funny. Can I give you my second one because we won't end up talking about it very long because of the one that you just gave? Sure. J.D. Spielman and Luke McCaffrey for Kayvon Thibodeau. Really? <laughs> yeah. That was for all of the reasons that uh, you laid out so nicely. Um, he's a really good player. Like, he's cruising towards being a top 10 NFL draft pick after his junior season. Um, he's a very good player. Disruptive. Um, came in college ready. Like, he's really good. It's Like, you just watch him play. He's just like, he looks the part of what they want 
and he looks the part of a guy that would be just a menace in the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because and he was a guy through his recruitment like it was everyone around the country obviously wanted to get Kayvon Thibodeau, um, and it was seen as a surprise when he went to Oregon because he's kind of started this wave of really elite players looking at Oregon and taking them more seriously as Mar- Mario Cristobal kind of changes. Well, he wants to change what people think about, or he doesn't want it to be, oh, it's just the jerseys and it's flashy. He wants to make them tough. Like, it's been this whole thing, and that's why they've been recruiting defensively um, the way that they have and why he's Thibodeau's from California. But other than that, he's trying to get out of the West Coast for their in-the-trenches players. Like, there's a whole thing that they're <laughs> trying you know to why do they're tough? to make that a lot tougher. Because Troy Dye is a monster. I love that dude. I mean, yeah, he's up there with he's up there with Patty Fisher in terms of my favorite college football players. <laughs> it's Patty Fisher, and I have not spoken a word to Troy Dye or heard a word spoken from Troy Dye. And he's one of my favorite people. He's just tough. I also I find it curious that we each tried have already tried to trade J D. Spielman, and we each have have dangled Luke McCaffrey in a deal. I'm not dangling Luke McCaffrey. Oh, no, you're two, just going to push him he's out. He's in like, two of my three deals. Well, it's not. I'm not pushing him out. Like <laughs> this, this quarterback room, like this is a this is a whole separate story into itself. Like it's going to be so fascinating to see what they do with this quarterback room over the next year or two years, depending on what happens with Adrian Martinez and his his NFL career. He's going to the NFL. Like I don't care what people say. Um, not. I'm not talking about like timeline. Like I'm just saying like, like yeah, eventually, yeah, eventually he's, going. he's going to be. Yeah, um, yeah, it, it's going to be so interesting to see how they how they manage this room now because is Luke McCaffrey your number two this year? If so, what does that mean for Noah Vedral? Is Noah Vedral still your number two? If so, what does that mean for Luke McCaffrey? Because they love Logan Smothers, and that dude is yes. coming hard for the starting position. Let's say a year from now. Even if Adrian is still here, that dude is coming hard for the starting position. So, like, one of these dudes is getting edged out. It It is going to be really – like, that is something – because there's so many if this, then that situations, um, which is why I almost – like, well, we can end up having a whole discussion about this. I want to try to keep it brief. I almost think that it would be best if Adrian Martinez has a big bounce-back year, maximizes his um, – his uh, interest right then. His draft stock. His draft stock. Declares for the draft and goes. And then we get what I really, really want, which is a Luke McCaffrey-Logan Smothers quarterback battle next year. be crazy. Which is something I think would be great. Like, I really do. because And, and I've, I'm on record on this pod actually saying this before. that I, I, think that, I still think Logan Smothers is your next full-time quarterback. I think that highly of him. I think that they think that highly of him. I'm coming around on that. And Luke is Frost like, and I don't want to minimize Luke, and maybe he takes another step. But the thing to me is, is I think that Logan is further along as a passer than Luke is already, and he's dynamic in the run game. Well, you've made this point several times. Logan is the guy that they have been hard on their entire time here. Like, yeah. they have been full-on going after this kid their entire time here. And he has been the guy that, like, like Adrian was a guy that they kind of not had to scramble for, but it was one of those situations where, like, they needed a quarterback and they needed their guy. Like, Logan feels like a guy that they've just been on for forever and they, they know everything they need to know about him. And Frost keeps making comments of, like, I have loved him since the first time we put his film on mm-hmm. the TV screen. Like, 
There's, it just seems like he is the guy that, like, if you gave him four years to recruit a quarterback, like, he is the dude that they would take. I would I would agree with that, and the and this would be the case maybe for either Logan or Luke, whoever was the next quarterback after Adrian. But I also think that there's something to the. I think that Frost and his staff believe that okay, yes, Adrian could be very good, and they really think highly of him. But he's going to have to carry this team to heights if we're going to get there. When Luke or Logan take over, maybe Logan, the whole team will be ready. That's when everything is built up around him because that's when maybe you have like a junior or senior Wandale Robinson. You have a junior or so Bryce Benhart. Like you've got Ty Robinson and Nick Henrich and Pola Gates and all these dudes that we've been accumulating and redshirting, except for Wandale over the last couple of years. All of them are ready and able to contribute at a high level. Like I think that that's what they're trying to build towards. You just – <laughs> didn't expect to win four and five games on the way to that. Yeah, that's and so like I said, like to bring this back around, it's not. I'm, I don't think I'm dangling Luke McCaffrey. I just think that there's somebody that's going to get um, somebody that they have. They've done so well to build so much depth in that room that mm-hmm. if trades were a possibility in college football, it would just be an easy guy to just pluck from the quarterback room and just say we're just going to have one of these guys and he's our trade piece because I really do strongly believe that all four of their dudes could start for a division one power five football team this year I really do think that all four of their scholarship guys um so, so your number two was JD and Luke for okay. Thibodeau. Yeah, so I'm giving them a little less than you're giving you a little are for less. that. <laughs> yeah. My number two is not as big, but the same position. So I want Nolan Smith from Georgia, mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you Luke McCaffrey. I'm going to give you the same non-con future non-conference home game between the hedges. I'm going to give you Jack Stoll and Caleb Tanner. Ooh. Okay. Nolan doesn't have like the pedigree. Uh, that Thibodeau has in terms of what he's done in his college career, but he was a consensus top five um, recruit coming in 2019 class. The same class as Ben Harden. Those guys they class. faced off in the All-American game. He was a five-star recruit. Um, played in 14 games for Georgia last year. Finished with 18, 18 tackles, two and a half sacks. Uh, and he had 15 quarterback pressures, which <laughs> it's a that's a wonky number. There's not a lot of consistency in the reporting, but 15 is, is decent. Yeah. So um, that dude, if he grows into the potential that everybody thought he had, then he's still a really, really good edge rusher for you, and you can play him an outside linebacker or maybe beef him up and put him in defensive end. I don't know. But, like, that's a position that they need. Yes. That they want. Yeah, that definitely. I mean, that, that makes sense. <laughs> and if you give up some offensive weapons so that you can have a defensive wrecking ball, like every, every single team at every level of football is going to do that, yeah. I think. And it, it also was honestly what my first thought about that deal though is that it, a how big of an off season um, it is for Caleb Tanner to solidify himself to taking a step towards being that guy because it wasn't so long ago that Caleb, I mean he was not a consensus five star but he was a high enough four star to where you thought that he was supposed to be a big difference maker for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, played underweight that first year, um, and you just have not consistently seen it um, from him. It's such a big off season because. He's he's one of those guys that if he becomes what they kind of hoped he did, it changes the defense and it changes the makeup of what you think their ceiling is on defense for this year. Well, when you look at a guy like 
Thibodeau, like their their bodies are different, but they're the same in the sense that Caleb has that twitchiness that mm-hmm. Chenander wants, and he's got just like this size and athleticism combination that if he grows into his body a little bit and he gets a little bit more consistent with setting the edge, like he could be really good. He could be one of those could be like consistent, you can see how dominant. Could be there. He yeah. could be that guy. I think this is a big offseason for him. Such a big offseason for him. You need to be hearing... Like, Mike Dawson's going to be asked about him a lot. (laughs) A lot. Okay. Um, My final... This is my final one. Um, This is the biggest trade that I have. Like, the most amount of guys going out um, from Nebraska. So, I'm going to send out, or propose to you, Brendan Hymas, Adrian Martinez... What? And Braxton Clark... To LSU for Derek Stingley Jr. For a cornerback? For a cornerback. You're going to give up the starting quarterback on the team and the starting left tackle for a cornerback. Let me explain on why I would do that. We've been talking a lot. You actually... Okay, I'm LSU. Deal. Deal. <laughs> nice. Okay, all right. Deal. So here we you go. A first I, round I, pick? I Deal. Just, yes, I just Here's got a, a first round pick. pick for you. No, I just got a, a future top 10 pick. Um, I will give you Stingley. a top 10 pick that we, that we don't have to trade. <laughs> That doesn't exist in college football. Make one up. No. Okay. So give let me tell you why. So that I can get this done. If I if I give up Brendan Hymas, I now give that spot is now Bryce Benhart's, right? So I don't think that there's a huge, huge drop off there. And I think that Bryce Benhart can be a cornerstone of the team. Like he was Turner Corcoran before Turner Corcoran got here, he right? He was brought here to be that. Yeah, he was yeah. brought here to be that. So I'm I'm comfortable there. Um I'll save Adrian for last. Braxton Clark. I think it's really good and has a bright future, but I've got a lot of defensive backs. Uh, Travis Fisher, I have confidence that he's going to get those guys ready. Adrian Martinez is the future and the present and could be an NFL quarterback, but I've got to dangle something out there that's pretty good because LSU seems to always need a quarterback outside of this Joe Burrow situation. But I also have Luke McCaffrey and Logan Smothers who I can just speed up the process of letting them battle it out and the winner can go ahead and start for me. In the meantime, I'm bringing back what I think is going to be one of the best players in college football next year. He was already one of the best corners in the country as a true freshman last season. We saw a national championship game in which a team in Clemson that has multiple NFL um, draft picks at wide receiver would not throw his way. Like Trevor Lawrence didn't even look over there. I want that guy. I want to shut down in a complete half of the field every Big Ten game and make you beat me somewhere else. Okay, can I, can I counterpoint you? Sure. Parnell Motley for the Oklahoma Sooners, cornerback, longtime cornerback for them starting, shut down Jamar Chase in the college football playoff semifinal. Chase had, I think, two catches or one catch. Completely taken away from the game. And OU gave up how many points and got blown off the field. Do you really think a cornerback can make that big of an impact that you're willing to give up a quarterback? If, (laughs) if... That guy is that good, yes. Because I think that it alters, yeah, because I think that it alters in this particular case because I have other things behind him. In a normal situation, no. But in this one, yes. Um, Especially if I throw in that it's not guaranteed that Adrian bounces back in the way that we think he's going to bounce back. Just to throw a little doubt in there. Um, I don't fully believe that. But Hater. Hater. Haterade. Haterade. You're drinking the Kool-Aid this this offseason. You're drinking the Haterade. I'm drinking the Haterade. But I think the way it's, okay, so in the way that a 
pass rusher completely changes your defense and elevates it and makes the offensive coordinator of the other team stay up at night, I think that a lock, a true lockdown corner gives you some of that. I mean, it's fair. I've just never thought of a cornerback that way. And maybe that's if just, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just yeah, a perception maybe. thing. But it's also, to me, I, maybe not normally, but I do think that, man, this Stingley is so good. Like, I think that if you have a, a true shutdown guy, then I'd be willing to do that. I guess just, like, look at... Look, let's look at the NFL shutdown call, like the like the ones that make headlines and are household names. Richard Sherman, um, I'm blanking on names. Josh Norman, uh, Revis um, before Darrell that. Revis with the Jets. Like those guys are like two or three years, and then they're out. You're not I talking about him anymore. I only need two or three years with a guy in college. I only got two more years with him because he's leaving after a shooting year for sure. I'm taking that in a heartbeat if I'm LSU. Okay. Like in a like before, like I'm not I, even letting you off the phone to like <laughs> ask your significant <laughs> other next to you. Should I have done that? Like no, I'm like holding you hostage until you put it in writing that we're agreeing to that trade. That's so maybe I gave up too. much. I think you gave up too much. So if I had swapped out Farniak for Hymas. It's the quarterback. Well, it's no, it's the quarterback. It's the quarterback. It's the starting quarterback. Here's the, here's another point that I want to make that I just remembered. So. You have traded a senior left tackle and the quarterback, and you said you're just kind of accelerating the the quarterback competition and the mm-hmm. developmental process of whoever it is, Luke McCaffrey or Logan Smothers. So you're you're effectively kicking the can down the road another year or two in terms of being of realistically competing for a Big Ten championship. That's a good point. Do you think Frost has the clout to? Let's say in real life, do that. Like, do you think? think do you, know what, do you think things really would get crazy around here if there was another five and seven season? Oh, I think that that would be nuts. But I, man, let's just I say six be... and six. They may, they have another one win improvement this year. I don't think that's going to happen. But another one win improvement, and you've kicked the can down the road a little bit, giving up your starting quarterback. Man, giving I up wonder your starting, though. Your senior left like, tackle. do you think? But I think another way to think about that though is: Does Adrian Martinez have the clout within the fan base to cause people to go nuts if that happened right now today? To cause people to go nuts if he gets traded? Yeah, like would he have? Like I know that going into at this time last year, yes, people would have been just like pitchforks are out. I think but yes. Right now, I think, you think yes. So? Okay. Yeah, I think yes. And the thing that I keep having to tell myself this off season is like the loudmouths on Twitter are not the the majority. That is the, true. I think the majority of people still think that Adrian Martinez is going to be a fantastic quarterback for Nebraska. It's, and it's like like we talk about Adrian where it's like, man, he's already about to be a junior, but at the same time, like. He's only a junior. Yeah. Like, dudes are, aren't supposed to get great until now. Yeah. Like, Trevor Lawrence kind of wrecks the curve. But you look at Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow wasn't great as a junior. He wasn't great until this last year. And he needed everything to fall into place for him. And he needed Joe Brady to be Joe Brady. So maybe Matt Lubick is the Joe Brady for Adrian Martinez. Who knows? It yeah. could be. very well could be. No, he very well could be because he could also be the Joe Brady for the wide receiver room. Which is almost as, almost as important <laughs> as what's going to happen with AJ. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah, that's, that's maybe that's a perception thing with me that I've never thought a cornerback could influence a game in the same way that, say, like a hybrid safety or a defensive end could. Um, so you would take a you would take a big t- you would take what was Delpit then over Stingley yeah. if you just had to. Okay, mm-hmm. Interesting. I never. I yeah, wonder what, I, I wonder always, what Travis Fisher's thoughts are on that. Since if he, he, yeah, if he thinks with, a cornerback could be a difference-making playmaker, 
for a defense. Yeah, like if he and if he only had to pick one, a dominant safety or a dominant corner, which would he pick? Or I, maybe the the way to phrase the question would be if you guys have a like Braxton Clark turns into a like Jeff Okuda type cornerback, like locked to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. If you have that guy at cornerback, but you don't have like a Kayvon Thibodeau at outside linebacker defensive end slash whatever that hybrid position is. If you don't have like that guy, but you have an absolute shutdown, lockdown, don't even think about throwing to him cornerback, can that have the same kind of effect? I wonder what his answer to that would be. Yeah, I'd be curious. I, I would be interested. Or like you could even or ask that to change. Because you're still like, affecting the, the uh, quarterback. Yeah. And you still get the same goal of affecting the offensive game plan. Because the goal really either way, your part of the goal needs to be how do we – keep offensive coordinators up at night what what can we have on the field that's going to make them worry it'd be interesting yeah that would be something does nebraska do you think nebraska has any of those guys on the defensive backfield secondary in the secondary in the secondary no anybody on the roster right now that has the potential to be a, a playmaker a difference maker yes the potential is there, I think, first for Cam Taylor Britt to be that type of guy that you need to account for where he is at all times. Um, after that, I don't know if you have somebody with that ceiling, and that's after having not not seeing the freshman. I have a safety in my final, my final trade that kind of has like that, like hi, like hybrid could play like a JoJo Doman kind of role. Okay, what do you got? So I'm giving. Your USC. Okay. I need to fire Helton. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm giving you, this is my fringe move that shouldn't actually be a fringe move because people aren't going to know who this guy is, but it would be huge for the offense, I think. Okay. I'm giving you Bo Wilson. I'm giving you Darian Chase. I'm giving you Miles Farmer. Okay. And I'm getting back Elijah Vera Tucker. He's a starting left, left, left guard for USC. Oh, yeah. Per pro football focus. There wasn't a better pass protector at left guard in 2019 than Vera Tucker. His 88.6 pass blocking grade and 1.1% pressure rate allowed at left guard led the country. Over the course of his last 329 pass blocking snaps of the 2019 season, he allowed one pressure. I don't know how they ca- – this is a long thing with me with PFF. I don't know how they calculate any of this stuff. Yeah, they don't, I don't know where they They don't show their homework, homework, which is – I mean, it's fine. It's their own stuff. They don't have to. But, like, they don't show their homework. So I don't know how any of this is calculated. But one pressure over 329 pass blocking snaps is insane. It's really good. And I think – and we've talked about this before. I think the offensive line is the key to everything in 2020. Not just, like, how good is the – I think the offensive line, how good that unit is, is the key to Everything. How many games they win, how competitive they are in those games, how many big teams they knock off, if they go to the Big Ten Championship. If they have a top two or three offensive line in the conference, sky's the limit. And I would I would add to that, I want to know why shouldn't they have that level of offensive line next year? You return everyone, and you if you're going to make a change, you're adding in Bryce Benhart. Yeah. Right, and if and if you're not changing with Bryce Benhart, maybe an Ethan Piper gets in there, but that's because he's forced his way in. Right, if Turner Corcoran is the top 100 level guy right away, um, it's really hard to do that. Um, that's also a really good thing. So I want to know why they shouldn't have 
that type of offensive line from game one, not game yeah. six, game from one. Game one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're exactly right. Well, I don't think like I'm not. I don't. I don't know that I can convince you as USC to just accept this deal because uh, like that quality of an offensive lineman. Is yeah, just I don't want to. I would not want to give you wouldn't that up. necessarily want to give them up. <laughs> I would have to do like. Sam Presti sweet talking you into the potential of Darian Chase and Miles Farmer, who both have good potential. They, they do. They could both Actually, turn into really good players. Me for USC, you probably just have to give me cash. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I give you Lori Laughlin. Jeez, nice. You oh. Get her out of here. And but, that nice. I'll take away all of that bad publicity. Okay. Um, but my theoretical offensive line in this this scenario is then I've got a senior. Um, and this is like maximizing my window right now, okay. Adrian Martinez. I've got a senior left tackle with Brendan Hymas. I've got what's going to be a junior, a fourth-year junior in Elijah Vera Tucker at left guard. I've got Cameron Jurgens at center, who I think, as Nebraska, is... Uh-oh. Are you going to say it? Are you going to say it? You almost said it. I can no, see it happening. Who oh, I, great. as Nebraska, think is that's very, very great. good. Um, I've got Matt Farniak at right guard, and I've got Bryce Benhart at right tackle. Uh-huh. And that, to me, is a top two or three in the conference um, offensive line ceiling. Yeah, it really There's would be. There's work that, that needs be, to be done for them good. to get there, but I think that that ceiling, I, I mean, like, even with the line that they have now, like, let's say that they kick Benhart, or they, they start Benhart and Farniak gets kicked inside. Either he's starting at left guard or he's starting at right guard, and you're moving. Then you've got a competition between Bo Wilson, Brock Bando, and Trent Hickson for the other guard spot. Yeah. Those guys, I mean, everybody played together last year. All of those guys are back. Like, there's no reason that those guys can't be good. And I think Cam Jorgens is going to be much, much better. So do I. I think that I think he's going to be really, really good. Um, and I'm with you. Like, I just I, I I totally agree with you about the offensive line being the big key. Um, and I look for them to really hit the ground running. Like that should be the expectation. And I think that that's going to tell us a lot <laughs> about this season. I, as USC, am not taking that deal. Yeah, as you shouldn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm going uh, to take that. Scared money don't make none. That, that, that is true, Mr. Presti. That is true. But I have uh, one quick question I want to add um, into this. <laughs> right. So if we've put – we've had J.D., Luke, Adrian – Hymas, um, a slew Wilson. of but Bo Wilson, a slew of others, um, like in potential quote unquote deals. Who the heck is untouchable from the from the roster? Ooh. Wandale is untouchable. He is. Like I'm not building any calls for Wandale Robinson. Ty Robinson is untouchable. Ooh. Yeah, I'm not taking any calls on Ty Robinson. Okay. I'm not taking any calls on Logan Smothers. I'm not taking any calls on either of the two tackles, being Corcoran and Ben Hart. Oh, the young ones. Okay. The young guys, yeah. I mean, I had Brennan Hymas in the um, oh yeah he the was Oregon the trade yeah. for for Thibodeau. Because <laughs> gotta give something big up. To I, get, yeah, I had Hymas instead of Will Honus. I was like, they have the Sue. I don't know how to say his last name. Whatever is. Whatever. It's like the best offensive lineman like in the history of one of those five star inside linebackers that I mentioned is his younger brother, Noah. Oh really? He's also going there. (laughs) Yeah, he's in this class. I I mean I had Hymason. I don't think he's untouchable. Um, but like the two those two tackles, like I mean, I think they're gonna be just as good as Nebraska thinks they're gonna be. It's just a matter of them getting to that place. Yeah. Um and if they get to that place like is there anybody in the defense that's untouchable? You named Ty. Outside of Ty? 
Would you? I would you? Would, Nick Henrich was a name that came to mind. I would have Nick Henrich as untouchable, and I would also have Keyshawn Green as untouchable. Oh, that dude! It's gonna be really good. I think. I, <laughs> and see, this is what gets you, and then this uh, uh, Husker fans will be excited at this. There is a day that you could see where Nick Henrich and Keyshawn Green are your two, your two starting inside. Okay, players. I'm gonna stop you. I'm going to stop you. Like Frost said something on Sports Nightly on Wednesday night. Uh-oh, are you going to hit me with the- I'm going to hit you with the Tom Osborne. <laughs> Great. I think he's a good player. I think he could be a good player. I'm going to leave it at that. Do you do you think that we we got to chill? Cuz we I mean, we both just said, "Oh man, I think he's going to be really good." Like, what? Because we've said that before. Yeah. I said that about Tanner Lee when I got here. Okay. What is where, where's the disconnect you think with Nebraska? Over the last however many years, between the players that they've added mm-hmm. and those guys not panning out, I mean, I'm sure we go back and read the stuff about Javon McQuitty when he was committed, and that's nothing bad. Yeah. Nothing, he's he's had injuries, but has that changed? I think it has. Okay. The reason I think it has is because of the level of faith I have in the people coaching them. I think that Barrett Rude coaching Nick Henrich and Keyshawn Green will allow them to maximize their potential. I think that them working with Zach Duvall allows them to maximize their potential. So I think that uh, on average, just position by position, guys should be getting better coaching and everyone's getting better strength and conditioning. And so I think that it will, I think that that's uh, the thing. And I don't necessarily, that doesn't mean everyone is going to be awesome. And obviously everyone's not going to hit. Um, but there are so there are still some guys that I'm just like I just can't see them not contributing. Like it's, it would be really tough to see that. Like like in this class, for example, Omar Manning. I was just about to say I feel like, that way about Omar where I'm Manning. just like I just it, not, it was the same way with Wandale the year before that. Yeah. Like I just he's gonna have 600 receiving yards and like f- at least five touchdowns. And if he doesn't, then you can set my car on fire like <laughs> please don't oh um, <laughs> I mean, like that's the level of confidence that i have yeah it's really it's uh, yeah <laughs> so so yeah so <laughs> yeah. there's a couple yeah so there's there are some guys that fit that category the only thing the position though that i don't know if i have that confidence in and it's not because it's a knock on them or their coach for sure defensive back i have a really hard time projecting Who's going to be really good in the defensive back room? Because you don't know where they're going to be. Maybe that. Maybe maybe that's part of it. Like I like Braxton Clark, but I maybe because I most identify that he's going to be a corner. Because um, it's just tough. Paula Gates played a bunch of corner. Yeah, he was, he was being cross trained spring and mm-hmm. or not spring uh, fall last year. Mm-hmm. And you told me that like they were like looking at him at corner. Like I don't know where those guys are going to play. Maybe that is part of so it. So that might be. There's so much position now. But the thing, so maybe because of that, I can see them having a really good secondary overall. But maybe that's what part of that is because that guy's moving around and you got a bunch of athletic dudes. But I just have a hard time being like, "Yep, Quentin Newsom is going to be the star of that group." Whereas I would look and say like Nick Henrich, I still think could be an All Big Ten level player. You know who's going to be the star of that group right away next year? Who? Deontay Williams. Yes. I'll give you. I'll give you. We Deontay. forgot about that dude real fast. I can't. I'm excited on our part. Yes, but and I'm by excited. We, I mean the collective. <laughs> yeah, following everyone. of Nebraska football. That dude. 
they thought he was their best defender, yeah. and they had him for a half. I'm excited for him to be able to reintroduce himself to everyone and to hopefully live up to what they think he can be. And the thing is, him being out there and what he means to this team. Like, you, you've talked to the guys. Like, they really like and respect Deontay. They rally around him. Um, I think that that was a bigger loss for this defense last year than people realize. And the same could be said for Mark Hildesmuke after the way he played last year. Yeah. A- after finding out that the injuries that he had, that he mm-hmm. played through, like, because I'm totally sure agree. the dudes on the team knew what he was playing yeah, through. Yeah, absolutely. And that absolutely has kind of a galvanizing effect on you mm-hmm. want to play for that dude um we went through our trades we did we only had one overlap i'm kind of surprised by that i expected still shocked you're trying to run adrian martinez out of town oh and wow and i trapped my opening the trade first, was a kicker. the <laughs> opening trade of the entire podcast was for a kicker that that's, I've never even heard of. That's where we are. From Baylor. It's 2020. <laughs> You're trying to take a kicker from a, a consistent kicker from Baylor, first of all, who doesn't have anything consistent about its offense. And you give it a bare pickering and Will Honus is in return. That's right. Stability. I crave stability. Job, <laughs> that's, that's, that's getting D'Angelo Russell in exchange for Andrew Wiggins in a first round pick that's protected. Well played. For least. <laughs> for least. Thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. All right, we will be back next week with another one. Uh, like I said, hopefully Schmidt will be joining. Not to like, I don't usually preview because things can fall through, but I think that's happening next week. Um, so in the meantime, read HaleVarsity.com. We will have stuff all throughout the weekend. Basketball is playing. Women's basketball is playing. We'll have football stuff because we always have football stuff. Um, and subscribe to the magazine. And we will be back next week. Thanks, guys.